say in Minnesota? Welcome back to Parlay. I'm your host, Dominique Pierre Toussaint, aka Mr. Meek, aka Dom. We have a special guest in the booth today. He has been representing the West Metro area to the fullest. You know, hailing from Minnetonka High School. He was a featured star track athlete there. After high school, this individual decided to follow his passion and motivational speaking to our next generation. After we're done with a few words from our community sponsors, we'll come back and I'll introduce you to Mr. Rashad Cohen. Welcome back to Parlay. I'm here today with a very bright individual that I've had the pleasure of knowing for some years. Mr. Rashad Cohen. Rashad, welcome. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. I'm excited to be on this platform, man. It's an yeah. honor. Welcome to Parlay, my man. Yeah. No uh, first problem. episode. Yeah. How you feeling? You're back in Minnesota now. I'm back in Minnesota. I heard that you just came back from Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> so I literally just got back from Georgia uh, around like 9.30 last night. Oh, um, man. I came back early for this podcast, man. Well, well, yeah. well, well, well let's jump into it, no Michelle. Let's go. So, so first of all, Rashad, where you where were you born? So I was, you asked when or where? Where? Okay, well, uh, I was born in Waterloo, Iowa. So about three and a half hours out. Um, that's where I was. I was born, um, and I moved. Yeah, I moved here when I was two years old. Two years old. Yeah. Uh, when? when um, now, what was the move? Like yeah, so, Iowa to Minnesota. So I, I, I was two years old. So I don't necessarily like remember the details, but. I do remember the reason, like the reason why my biological father, amazing man, um, to this day, unfortunately, uh, struggled with, you know, crack cocaine. And so my mom wanted to move from Iowa to start a new life with me and my my two sisters. And so that was the the cause of the move. Okay. Okay. The cause of the move. So now you moved directly into Minnetonka? Nah. So we moved to uh, Bloomington. So we're in the Bloomington area. Yeah, so when when we moved here, uh, elementary school, I went to Poplar Bridge, so we stayed in, in that area um, growing up. So how'd you get to be a skipper? <laughs> you know, Minnetonka skipper. <laughs> so that's kind of all all uh, all a part of the story. So um, I, I grew up, you know, fatherless due to my my biological father not being in my life. But when I moved here, my mom met this amazing man who stepped into to my life as a a father figure, as a role model. And this man so happened to be uh, a, a football coach at Minnetonka, um, at Minnetonka High School. He was a, a, a gym teacher at Groveland Elementary School. And so when they end up getting, they actually end up getting married when I was in sixth grade. And so that's how the transition from Bloomington to Minnetonka happened. Um, we came here. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I hail from Hopkins and whatnot, but that's okay. Ooh. We border. We border. Royals, we border. We, we'll get back. We'll get back. Yeah. So, so did you do some extracurricular activities while you were at Hopkins? I mean, I'm going to let you explain. I mean, I yeah. have in Minnetonka, so yeah. I'll let you explain a little bit about your background, Mr. Star. Yeah. <laughs> so, my extracurricular activity was uh, track and field and, and football. So my my stepdad Chris Cohen, um, he played football for the Gophers, um, played free safety in the '80s, and so he always had me 
whether it was Saturday, we went to the Gophers football game. Friday, he was a football coach at Minnetonka High School, so I was a ball boy. Um, and then Sunday, it was Pittsburgh Steelers, so I just grew up around football. That's like kind of like the essence. And he knew like that was going to be a, a great way to keep me disciplined, focused. And that was kind of like my my extracurricular activity was was sports. So football and track, that's that was like the main focus right there. Did you do any volunteering in clubs? I, I really wish I would have. I didn't I didn't start like really like volunteering until college. Until college. Yeah, until college. But I would say being a part of a sports team that had like that, you know, like that that brotherhood. Correct. You know, the the brotherhood aspect of it. And, you know, going to church, we we did, you know, volunteering. Feed my starving children and different things like like that. But so you did some volunteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did some volunteer work, but not not what I'm doing now. Okay, you know. So like back then, it's like I could have I could have done more, you know. But my main focus was was sports and school. Well, yeah. it's not about where you're from; it's where yeah, you're at. Right, right that's true. That's okay. so true. Yeah. So speaking of that, after after high school, yeah, what was your next uh, path? Yeah, journey. So, um. So to to backtrack a little bit to give you to give the the listeners a little bit of more like essence of um, just my background. So my my experience growing up in the West Metro area, Minnetonka, I'll, I always share a story, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of like um, paint the paint the picture. So I never forget. I went to Minnetonka Middle School West, and um, I was headed to science class, super excited to learn. I, I was always asking questions, just very just in, in, uh, intuitive. And uh, we all know like the the Bill Nye, the science guy. Remember that? Right, Bill Nye, right. the science guy. <laughs> Bill, Bill, right? And so uh, that that was my, my teacher was about to uh, about to play that. We we're all super excited back then. You had to you know shut off the lights and everything, but before he shut off the lights. You know, he announced that we're going to be watching. I was super excited. And then when he shut off the lights, he said, where, where did Rashad go? And mind you, I was the only African-American in the, the class. And so even though it was a great, a great experience, right, as far as learning, I still had to deal with that, um, the, the, the racism or just the microaggression, you know, and like the whole class just busted out laughing. And to cope with my, camp, to cope with my pain, I kind of, you know, laughed it off. And then you got to think two hours later going to another class, I had to deal with a teacher saying, yo, shizzle my nizzle, you know, like just things like that, that I wasn't accustomed to. But now looking back, I realize like that was that was like, you know, racist, what you, oh, what you oh, did, sure. you know, so I, I, I dealt with that. And it's a funny story. I almost went to Hopkins because of dealing with all of that in Minnetonka, unfortunately. And so I, I wanted to transfer because I wanted to be around more minorities. Um, well, you know, my mom was was looking into the district, but my dad was just like, you know, just have have him stick it out. It's a good education. And um, so luckily, I, you know, I stuck it out and I, I learned a lot about uh, just people, how to interact. And uh, the education was was great. But that was just a downfall, unfortunately. But because of that, I went to uh, St. Cloud State University my first year. I ran track there. But I started to experience the the same thing that I was experiencing in Minnetonka, you know, like just being the only black, the only black, person. you know. And so I, I knew that there had to be something more. Like so, whoever's listening to this, I think we all have like this this time when uh, we come to this period and moment of our life where it's kind of like there has to be something more than than what I'm experiencing now, right? right? There has to be something more than 
like what I see. Or if you're a student right now, you know, if if you you're listening and you might be a senior and you're you're debating on whether you want to go to school out of state or stay in state, and you're thinking like there has to be something more than what I'm used to. That's what that's what happened when I got to St. Cloud State University after my first year. So after your first year with St. Yeah. Cloud State, yeah. what was the next level? So the next level was that there has to be something more than me being the only black, right, mm-hmm. in the in the classroom. And my best friend, Tobias, he's like a brother of mine. We both graduated from Minnetonka High School. He went to um, South Carolina State University. Which that's is a, a HBCU. HBCU. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the ones that don't know, that's a historically black college university. And so I knew that. I wanted to experience my culture for 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 a change. And how was I, that experience? Oh my goodness, Nick! Uh, <laughs> I am who I am because of that. You know, I, I I am who I am because of my experience growing up in a predominantly white school, and I am who I am um, because of my experience going. You know, uh, being involved in going to school at a predominantly black college university, and I got to experience that the like that leadership, the confidence of being a young black man and walking into class and seeing other, you know, seeing young black men wearing suits for the first time and professors wearing suits. And um, I never forget, I went to, it was a, a literature class for the first, it was our first day of class. And he had to sit down. He's like, before we talk about school or just the curriculum, I, I, I want to show you guys a clip. And this clip that he showed us, it, it changed my life because it was a clip of Will Smith. You remember the scene where Will Smith, he was um, talking with Uncle Phil and his father walked in. Yeah, that scene. Oh, yeah, man. So if you guys don't know, just type in Will Smith father scene. And that scene uh, shows Will Smith's father leaving, le- leaving him once again. And Will Smith's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And he just broke down crying. And that was the scene that he showed the entire class. And I kid you not, Nick, almost the entire students in the class were crying. And he said, um, he said, I I know what you guys are going through outside of this outside of uh, this classroom. I want you guys to know that you guys have a father figure. You guys have a family here at this HBCU and know that we're going to walk with you not only in class, but outside of class. And that was like the highlight. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be real with you right now, Rashad. Yeah. That episode, I can't watch it anymore mm. because it hit me so hard yeah. because it was literally what I experienced yeah. growing up. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. All right. You took me back on that one. Steve. And whatnot. So yeah. your experience yeah. from from there, is this, yeah. that what led you to what you're doing today? Which yeah. Is a, yeah. Your so why? That was, that, your, that, was, that was all a part of that journey. You know, I always tell people. Um, everything that you go through is for a purpose, the good and the bad. So me struggling with racism, me struggling with my identity and my father walking out and identity issues, and then me finding my purpose at my HBCU. Um, I became the president of this uh, teaching program called Me Mister. It's like one of the top prominent teaching programs in the U.S. for black male minority um, students. And that was kind of like my why. Like I wanted to, like you, like be that be that role model for students, especially minorities, knowing that, you know, they may be struggling at home or they might not have a father figure at home. And so now your presence alone is going to change the trajectory of their life. Right. And so I wanted to be involved in the classroom. And so when I came, when I became a part of the program, they didn't have a mentoring program. 
And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start start a mentoring program for K through eighth grade boys. And that's what I did. Literally one night I just wrote up the vision, the mission, what I want to do, speak to them about character, about life, to change your life, like what you're doing in the community right now. That's why I, I honor you because students and uh, young, young adults, they need that. They need that voice. And so I created that program and then that program got nominated for like the 2015 Volunteer Awards. It's like the state of South Carolina. And um, we started hosting different events for young boys in South Carolina, like conferences. And as far as me being in the program, we started speaking to educators, going to different conferences, sharing like how to um, relate to young African-American boys, like how to, uh, you know, just understand them. And so through that platform, that's when I found my voice. That's when I was like, man, like this is what I want to do. Like I, I don't want to necessarily teach reading, writing, math, and, and math. Like I want to share about life, like my life. And we hosted a conference. I, sp- I spoke to like a thousand young boys. And after I shared my story, this young boy came up to me and he said, "Because of your story, I, I was planning on committing suicide. And now, like I, I want to continue on. And that's why I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do." Well, let me. That's a perfect segue. How did you? Uh approach the situation with a 2020 pandemic Oof. like everybody else did yeah. the pause yeah. i call it the pause yeah and one after the year that paused because yeah. i had to reconfigure things right. in my right. head and yeah. on how i approach yeah what i do in the community too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so now what what skills did you pick up during that stop that time yeah and how did it affect your approach to uh what you what you were passionate about yeah. which is motivating yeah the next generation so yeah. That's a tell a little question. bit about yeah, that. That's a great question, nigga. I appreciate that. So I was down in Texas when the uh, pandemic hit, and so with Texas, we didn't we didn't really feel like the brunt of it, like you know, other parts of the U.S. did. Like we were still walking around, no mask or anything, but it really didn't hit me the effects of the pandemic until I couldn't go into schools to speak, and I never forget. I had a, a virtual, my first virtual speaking engagement, and um, all the kids were spread out wearing masks. And so I, I did my presentation afterwards. We had Q and A, and all the kids' questions basically were were revolved around you know COVID. Like when when will this stop? When 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 will we, when will we be able to play again? Like when can we interact like like uh, like we used to? And so. I saw the impact because all these kids were asking me wasn't about necessarily like my presentation. It was about this pandemic. Like, when are we going to come out of this? And that's when it really hit me like, man, these kids, these kids want to go back to quote unquote, like normal, you know? Right. And so for me, it made me have even, even greater passion for what I do because like I need to be that light. I need to be that motivator, that inspiration for these kids to know like whatever we're going through right now, it's just temporary. Like it'll never be the same, but I want them to know like they can be something great despite what they're going through now, despite what this world is going through now. And so it kind of enhanced what I'm doing, you know? I can, I, I had to bring that that fire. That ambule? What is yeah. that? Mabule. Mabule, right? Well, like, well Rashad, also yeah. there was two pandemics within mm. one. Mm. There was another virus. Yeah. Mr. Floyd. Yep. 
being a man of color, just like I am a man of color. Yeah. It affect us a little different. Mm-hmm. I think it affect the world a little different. If you couldn't tell about the news. Mm-hmm. How did that hit you seeing that yeah. on television? And then having to face some of the young individuals in the next generation mm. to start talking about that because you know right. I was asked a lot. Yeah. My cell phone blew up a lot. Tell the world a little bit about your experience at that time with that virus. That was a uh, that was a super heavy virus. I I, I didn't necessarily uh, expect to necessarily like for it to impact me. You know, because I grew up. I I went to school in the South. I experienced racism and you know Minnetonka, but for some reason, Floyd's death it impacted me on a different level. I never forget. I broke down in my car by myself. I'm like, man, what is what is going on? You know, like, how come like we as minorities and young African American males, like, how come we have to see see this? You know, like, how come we have to go through this? And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, like, we can't necessarily change how other people perceive us or what they do to us, right? But what we can do is continue to make an impact. And so whatever area I need to make an impact in, which is speaking, right? For for me personally, like I knew I had to turn up a notch even more. And so that was after I traveled across the world, 14 different countries, and living out of a backpack, experiencing racism in a in a fashion I've never experienced before. Right. And I never forget when I came back, I'm like, this is a different level. Like, because now like I'm really in a community, like being in Minneapolis during that time, like you could just feel it like in the air, like that the tension, the hurt, the pain. And so I I was like, now I I, I want to speak about unity. I, I want to speak about my my experience when it comes to racism. You know, like I, I want to be that hope. I want to be like the next MLK, like to make that change. You know, and so um, it definitely leveled me up. It, it sharpened me, um, but it also broke me, you know. Mm-hmm. But having these conversations, meeting men like you and seeing other um, minorities continue to rise despite, like, that's what, that's 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 the motivator. Yeah, because we got to lead by example. Yeah. That's how it is these days. Yeah. So, <laughs> Rashad. Yeah. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing your perspective and your journey with us. Mm. So Rashad, what do you have going on right now? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have speaking, uh, speaking engagements coming up, um, going to a couple of middle schools. I'm super excited to, I just got um, booked to speak at a, uh, uh, one of like the largest school districts in South Carolina, uh, speaking to uh, young boys. So that's going to bring me back. Um, so that's, that's coming up. And just write writing a couple of books, a children's book, a character development book for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Uh, so that's kind of like my, my, my main focus is just continue just to sharpen my skills with speaking, learning about it, continue just empowering, you know, the next generation like you're doing and uh, focus on, you know, just creating this content. I'm excited. And I'm so proud of you, my man. man thank you. Everything that you're doing right yeah. now. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. It keeps me going. Little do you know, man. Your mentor to me as well. 
And likewise. Yeah. So I definitely want to, you know, give you your, your roses right now. And people don't even know how we met. So my little niece went to Hopkins. Um, and my sister would always say, like, you need to meet Neek. Like, my, my little niece would say that. Mr. Mr. Neek is amazing. Like, you got to meet. You got to connect with him. You know, like, I was like, okay, all right, cool. And then I followed you on Facebook, and I saw how much you did in the community. Every time I, I went on Facebook, I'm like, man, this man is doing this, this, that, that. Like, you're always doing something. And so I, I, I want to continue, you know, just to show you honor and th- let you know, like, continue doing what you're doing because it's like, it's making a huge difference. We need it. Are you trying to make a big man cut some onions up in here? I'm going to stop that right now. Well, can you share a little bit about your contact? You know, yep. how can people reach out to you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, RashadCohen.com, that's my, my website. So if you want to book me for speaking or keep up with uh, what I'm doing, I have a, uh, I just dropped a podcast, Just just Show Up Pod. And so that's just a short podcast of, uh, just me sharing different experiences in my life, motivating, and then on Instagram, uh, Rashad Cohen, and same as on Facebook, Rashad Cohen. So that's how I can keep up. I appreciate you. Well, Mr. Rashad Cohen, thank yeah. you for joining on the first episode of Parlay. Yeah, it's an honor. Uh, it's an honor. It's an honor having you, my man. But I will leave with one thing. Yeah. Tell me a favorite song of yours that brings you to a good place. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Oh, man. It would have to be One Man Can Change the World by Big Sean. One man can change the world. Big Sean, Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we'll let that spin as we leave the, the studio tonight. Come on. That's a great evening, everyone. One man could change the world.